You choose Columbus Business First every week to give you the inside industry intelligence for nearly every business sector in central Ohio. And Columbus Business First chose Crate Media as its official podcast partner for its unique show, Women of Influence, now 70 episodes strong. With 4 million shows, hundreds of millions of listeners, and industry advertising revenues approaching $4 billion, podcasting is the fastest growing audio medium in the U.S. From law to medical, construction to automotive, retail to real estate, every brand has a story. Let Crate Media help tell yours. Visit crate.media slash CBF to learn more about how we can help while receiving a free one-hour casting session with our expert producers, which will help to uncover and shape your company's branded podcast. To learn more about sponsoring Columbus Business First Women of Influence podcast, please email Advertising Director Steve Hewitt at shewitt at bizjournals.com to get started. That's S-H-E-W-I-T-T at bizjournals.com. Howdy, y'all. This is Eleanor Kennedy, Assistant Managing Editor of Columbus Business First and the host of this podcast, Women of Influence. This podcast features conversations with Columbus's leading women in business in which they talk about how they gained power, how they keep it, and how other women can follow in their footsteps. Today, we're chatting with Janika Pierce-Tucker, partner in charge of Taft Law's Columbus office. Thank you for joining us. Happy to be here. So I wanted to start, I was actually, as I was prepping for this interview, looking at your LinkedIn, and I saw you went to the University of Tennessee undergrad. Is that right? I did. Are you from Tennessee originally? No, I'm not from Tennessee originally. I, my uncle lived in Tennessee for a while. And so he always would talk about University of Tennessee. And then we had some friends that were in high school with me that they went to play football there and they were like, you'll love it. So I kind of um, applied and was fortunate enough to get some scholarships to attend. And that's where I ended up. Got it. Well, I moved here from Nashville, so that's why that caught my eye. I'm from Indiana originally, but lived in Tennessee for a while. So so are you a, a volunteer fan or are you a, a Buckeye? Yes, it is very hard because, you know, <laughs> I went to Ohio State for law school, but I always go back to my ball days and, you know, that's where it's probably because I had more fun in undergrad. Than uh-huh. And so I'm more connected um, to that. I definitely root for the Buckeyes and I root for my Tennessee Vols. We've only, the Vols and the Buckeyes have only played each other a few times and it's usually like in a bowl experience. Yeah, I'm usually too, not too conflicted. Well, I was going to say the Vols haven't really given you much to get excited about the past couple of years. So. I know, you're just going to be throwing some hurt at the <laughs> relationship. Is that Tennessee I was like this is you are correct though I mean yesterday we we Saturday we lost to Kentucky I was all set to get into SEC football when I moved to Tennessee and I was like I'll become a Vols fan and then and it never really took off so um so so does that mean you grew up in Ohio then or what yeah okay Yep, I grew up, I was born and raised in Dayton, Ohio. My mom and I, we lived in Dallas, Texas for a period of time, probably from when I was the first grade up until like around the eighth grade. And then I came back to Ohio. When did you first know that you wanted to be a lawyer? What appealed to you about the law? There's this picture that I took, I think I was in like the second grade and it said on there, that was the career I chose that I wanted to be a lawyer, but I I was not that profound in second grade. (laughs) 
But I will say that once I started to just think about what I wanted to do, I always wanted to be a lawyer. It was just a matter of like what type of law that I wanted to do. And that definitely changed over time, but I've always wanted to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And then just a little more kind of scene setting. How long have you been partner in charge here with Taft? So I started as partner in charge in January of this year. So in January of 2020. So it's, Yep. Not even a year yet. Well, <laughs> a lot going on, but it's yeah. not even a year yet. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about that, about kind of taking on this new role and also managing through this uh, crazy, unexpected period of time with pandemic and everything. Yes, 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 absolutely. So I have the fortune. So our firm is kind of set up where we we are we are one tapped. Our managing partner of our entire firm sits in Indianapolis in our Indianapolis office. But that office too also has a managing partner of that office. And so each office has its own managing partner who I would kind of say because I'm an employment lawyer, we kind of report up to our managing partner Bob and he he appoints each one of us in these roles uh, to serve as partner in charge but he doesn't do it just because oh I'm Bob's best friend it, it comes from making sure that you're going to have the support in your office meaning do the other lawyers in this office support me in this role and also um, looking at kind of the leadership and the other things that you've done across the firm definitely is an asset uh, in, in, in this kind of role. So it's been very um, interesting to kind of, you know, from the standpoint of what are my goals when I started doing this, uh, when I came into this role, like, what am I going to do? And so for Columbus, one of my focuses has been, you know, we want to grow the office. We want to do things like that. But then there's COVID, right? And so I've had to readjust that we have to then, we had to focus on that. We had to focus internally on our on our workforce and making sure everybody was comfortable and could perform. And also we needed to serve our clients in a different capacity, right? We needed to be able to almost not miss a beat as we were sending folks home. And so that has been a, a, a tremendous amount of my focus, but now I feel like, okay, we're getting, we're not out of COVID for sure, but we're, we've, we're all figuring out, okay, this is what our life is going to look like and maybe longer than we anticipate it. So now we need to figure out, okay, how do we still push forward with the goals that we had? So have you, did y'all switch to work from home? Have you stayed in the office the whole time? Sort of what has that? So it's been a phase. So we, we early on, which I kudos to the leadership at the firm, honestly, we like everybody else shuffled a lot of people home. Right. And so in March, in March, we were all kind of home and we were, we were pretty much home for a good six weeks, but then literally as soon as we got home, we started talking about, okay, how, how are we going to get people back in? And what is that going to look like? And I'm telling you, Lenora, I was on Amazon reading about sanitizer products. Like we were ordering this and be like, yeah, that does work. Sit that back. I mean, it was a definitely a process that we had to do because, you know, we're going to ask people to come back in a space. Mm -hmm. We needed to make it as comfortable and as safe as we could with with the resources that we have and the commitment to them. So so we started a phased in approach. I think we're we're pretty much at the phase where we'll be at for a while because we have to take into consideration 
schools and mm -hmm. and folks who are compromised in other ways like health way health wise and some people are just uncomfortable right mm -hmm. with coming to the office and um this is a period of time we have to be flexible and understanding especially people are still doing their work you know so so that's kind of where we are so we phase people back in but i mean it's pretty quiet even though we have people here it's still quiet and so you figure it out like sometimes we have people in-person meetings but we always have a zoom connection because people yeah. come in but the hardest thing is keeping people engaged right mm -hmm. and and we're working very hard to do that how big is your team here at the columbus office so in Columbus, we are, we're about 40 lawyers, um, and then we have about 25 or so uh, support staff, mm -hmm. so it's about 60, 65 people. And, and so a portion of that is there, is back in the Yeah, a portion of that, and the lawyers more, you know, they definitely have always been able to, like, work from home and do all of that, so mm -hmm. they, there's a good split with that. We have about 70% of our uh, staff is here consistently. There's a couple that still are working from home, but so yeah, so we're kind of working through that, but it's, it's working so far. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad. What are kind of the biggest things you're hearing from clients right now or that you're helping them with kind of pandemic related that you know, things you might never have thought you were going to have to. Yeah, you know, it is phases. It is phase. It has been phases. So, you know, at the very beginning, we're all, you know, I'm reading the, the stuff that's coming out from the Department of Labor, from the, uh, you know, from the government, from everywhere. We're all trying to gather all this information. And the one thing that tapped it, that we developed task forces mm -hmm. that, that they were there were people on those task forces that they read everything and luckily us practitioners who did not do all of that um in certain space because like with the loans with the small business loans like that's not my area of expertise but my clients was asking about it right so the task force was extremely helpful because they gave summaries and gave highlights and so if i heard oh a client say this i would say you know what you need to talk to this person because i think you you know you can use that so so clients now, you know, so we got through like, okay, we got to kind of shuffle home. Then we got to figure out what remote work looks like. But now what's the question? I want to work from home forever. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, before the conversation we had to talk about, was it reasonable and was it an accommodation of some of sorts? Well, you know, there's just a group of people, understandably, that it will never be comfortable coming back but they are also contributors to your team, to your company. So how do we figure that out without saying this is a permanent remote plan? Then you also have, you know, with the pandemic and with COVID and then like positive tests and quarantine and when you can come back and who, you know, so we have to manage all of that. But then on top of all of that, you know, we, we're also dealing with all of the, the racial injustice that we're saying and then you're so you're having that dynamic also too coming to the workplace and figuring that out so it's a period of time where my clients are trying to figure out how do we continue to be successful continue to work but also taking into consideration all the things that their employees are dealing with mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a uh, there's so many things happening at once to start. I know. I was like, 2020, you can stop now. I mean, yeah. at any time, you can just stop, and we can just kind of go into sunset, go through Christmas, go through Thanksgiving. We'll be just fine. You can just stop now. <laughs> it's like 
I keep being like, well, you know, once we get through the election, but then who knows what happens in the months after the election. And then, you know, everything, people are starting to get real nervous about the winter with so many people being inside with the pandemic. Yeah. It's just, uh, there's just so many things to stress out. So many things. It's so many details. You are exactly right. It's so many things. Well, one thing you mentioned that I wanted to follow up, and you can really take this in whatever direction you want to, because it's kind of a big question. You know, as a as an African American woman in power, kind of, how have you felt about this year and a lot of the conversations about racial justice and what have you seen that that is positive? You see some hope from, or what do you want to see from the business community or Columbus more broadly? Just kind of any any reflection on all the conversations that have been happening. Thanks for asking. It has been a definitely an emotional year for me personally, but also too, you know, I have to have hope. And I think for me, if I don't have hope, then I lose the momentum to keep going mm-hmm. because there are days that it just feels real dark. There are days when you're like, oh my God, like, are we, are we really, are we going backwards? What is mm-hmm. happening? Cause you, cause you know, it, and it's very easy and I'll speak for myself. It's very easy for me to put myself in a bubble, right. And say, you know what? I have a I have a good job, you know, I have a steady income, I I have a leadership role in my firm, I'm a partner, you know, I, I have this management position, I'm a partner in charge. So you on the outside looking in, it's like, well, you don't have anything to complain about. You know, my family is healthy, everybody's okay. But you, I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to live in a bubble because you know what, when I step out here on high street, you don't know anything about me. All you see is a African-American female. That's all you see. You don't know any of these other things. So therefore, I'm no different than somebody else who may be uh, a victim of, you know, police brutality or, uh, you know, or violence. So for me, I have to always kind of keep that level headset on, right? To say, like, you're you're not, you have to, I have to always have hope that things are going to get better, that I will say that this is the first time in my life that I have seen it discussed in so many different platforms, right? We're all hearing about it. We're all talking about it. And that's positive. There, it, it does bring about a level of pain that, you know, you have to address and deal with. But at the same time, it, I'm very hopeful about the conversations. I mean, when I say I've, I've talked to clients about this and a nauseam, I've done some, some initial trainings and some conversation and these trainings are different. It's, it's not about, let's not talk about it. It's like, how can we talk about it so that I don't offend someone else, right? Because we need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So to me, those are, those are some of the big highlights, but it has definitely been an emotional year within your firm kind of what what does parity look like there both from a gender and from a racial perspective and sort of is that something that you personally are kind of passionate about figuring out how you can bring more equity I guess to to the firm as needed I serve as co-chair of the diversity and inclusion committee and I am and I work alongside with our Chief Diversity Officer Adrian Thompson, he's out of our Cleveland office. And the cool thing about it is this, I always tell people, I don't care what organization you are in, in order to move the needle, it has to start at the top, right? 
you can have all these initiative, but if your person in charge is not behind it, it's not going to go anywhere. So here at TAP, we've been fortunate because Bob, our managing partner, is very committed to this, con this, this, this conversation. He's very committed to these initiatives of being inclusive, right? It's just not enough to say, oh, we have, you know, 50% women on our executive committee, which is a big deal for mm -hmm. a firm of our size and our footprint. Mm -hmm. But then you got to push it to say, okay, of those people that are in leadership, how are we doing? How are we, are we supporting them? Are we, are we making sure that they feel um, that they can be as successful as, as their white male counterpart, right? Mm -hmm. And so those are, and those are the harder conversations. And so we are committed to having those. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that you can't just talk, you got to do something. And so we have to put some teeth behind that. We have to put resources we have behind that. We have to put some time in investing in people. And that's one thing that we're doing is trying to figure out, okay, you're here. How do we get you to the next level? Right? Because at the same time, we have to understand that this doesn't mean that if, if, if I bring myself up, then, then I'm going to bring somebody else down. That's not how it's called collaboration. It's called making sure our teams are inclusive. So because at the end of the day, we're, it's all about providing the best service to the client. And we believe that a more diverse and inclusive team provides the best service to the client. Mm -hmm. So we have to, we have to keep pushing and having those conversations. You know, we've had training, we've had a lot of things that kind of go more to the meat of some of the issues with, we talk about implicit bias and those kind of things that we, we definitely need to address because we all have it, right? Mm -hmm. But those things get in the way of progress. And so that, that, those have been some of the things that have been very important and I'm very passionate about and happy to support the work. A lot of interesting stuff in there. Well, and you mentioned that, you know, it's all, it's about providing the best service to the client, having the best team. And, and if your clients are talking to you about how can we have these conversations, it's important that you're kind of living the yeah. way you on, on the other side. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't be like, oh, do all these things. And then they look at your firm and you're not doing anything. Like your credibility just goes down the tube. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, shifting gears a little bit, just talking a little bit more about you. So where will we find you on a Saturday or on a day when you're off of work? Well, you know, so I am the mother of an eight-year-old mm. daughter. Mm -hmm. So I need a secretary for her social life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so funny. I told one of my friends, I was like, that's the only good thing about COVID. Like, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I'm not like waking up on Saturday, like rushing out the house because of something, some birthday party or something, you know, that she has going on. Um, but yes, I'm married. I married into four boys though. So I have four bonus sons. And then my husband and I, we have our daughter together. And so you can, you know, um, one of the things I enjoy, I am very, very close to my family. I um, am the oldest child on both sides. So my mom and dad are not married, but I'm both of their oldest. So mm -hmm. I also am the oldest grandchild. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so sometimes that comes with some little extra responsibilities. Uh, it, 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 some may describe kind of like I'm the, I kind of hold the family together in some ways on my mom's side because I was kind of raised with my, my aunts and uncles. Mm -hmm. So they look at me more like their sister than their niece. But the good thing about it, like my mom and I are really close. Last year we lost my sister to breast cancer. 
And so just kind of navigating through a lot of that um, has just shown me a lot about who I am and kind of what, you never know what you can handle. And so for me, it's just been kind of like, okay, I made it through that, would not have even imagined that I could, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, you made it through that, but I, um, and then kind of, I think serving as that example to my daughter has Mm -hmm. been truly, truly, I'm truly grateful for that. Is your daughter or your other kids, are they in school right now or have they been? Yeah, so my daughter, we have been blessed, (laughs) knock on wood, literally, we have been, she started school um, like the second week of August Mm -hmm. in person every day because she goes to Grace Christian School and it's, uh, so she, so, and it's a small school, right? Mm -hmm. So, but you know, instead of having a summer program, which they could have, they decided they were going to use that time to get the school ready. Mm -hmm. So we have been back in school going strong. I'm like, oh God, at any moment, I'm just like, wait for the email. (laughs) Well, that's good. It's like, it hasn't happened yet. And they are hanging in there. And you know what? Kids are doing, the kids are doing amazing. Mm -hmm. They we don't give kids credit. Like Mm -hmm. they will follow the rules, Mm -hmm. right? You know, I'm like, you got to have your mask on, Mm -hmm. you know, they figure it out. They, they know that it's kind of weird. Cause she's like, mom, I only see like the people in my class, (laughs) (laughs) but it's also like, but you do get to see those people. Before we were just at home on these zooms and you wouldn't see anybody or in google classroom so now you at least get to see your friends even though you're not seeing like some of your younger friends or your older friends so yeah so we're hanging in there our our we have a college kid that is at tiffin ohio and so he he's plays football there and he's there and then our other two they're adults so mm-hmm. they're figuring it out mm-hmm. i'm like i can't worry about you <laughs> Um, yeah, then we have another high schooler who he, he goes to a Columbus city schools. And so we'll see, I guess this week, whether they will truly start to yeah start to do the hybrid go back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, especially with the eight year old, I feel like it's, it'd be so hard people who have little kids at home trying to do that and, and work and everything. So yeah, Eleanor, there were times when I was doing that math and I'm like, <laughs> and you know how you have to have a, a pep talk, but I should be having a pep talk about you know, second grade math. I was like, <laughs> you are smart. You are like, <laughs> like well, why can't I figure out this problem? They do all sorts of stuff different now, right? So, yeah. And if you try to explain it the way we taught, it just totally confuses my child. So she looks at me like I have three heads. <laughs> like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, two plus two is four. I don't know why you got all these boxes on this paper. <laughs> Well, let's see. Do you read much? Any books you're reading right now? Or yeah, I have lots of books on my nightstand, Eleanor. Mm-hmm. But do and then so I I but this year I have been trying to like get some leadership like leadership mm-hmm. books and just kind of look at different styles. So I am starting to do that. I'm trying to get into podcasts because my girlfriends tell me like you can get a bunch of nuggets of information mm-hmm. just riding in your car. So I'm, you know, compiling my list of podcasts that folks tell me that that I need to do. But that's one of my commitments as I go into the end of the year is to really focus on kind of reading some of the some leadership stuff. Because I used to, you know, when I did read a lot, it, I would I would read for fun so mm-hmm. that I can stay engaged and um 
I, you know, joined a book club and things of that nature and then COVID and then all yeah. things just kind of blow up. But I feel like now I'm getting my, my, my feet back, you know, I'm able to kind of, okay, I can pick up a book because you just kind of get into the routine, like with yeah. everything else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I feel like that's where I am. I'm kind of, okay, I'm at a piece. I can figure this out. I did that. Now I'm, you know, here. So hopefully I'll start reading some of these lovely books that are on my nice <laughs> well podcasts are good too i'm a big podcast list are you yeah yeah everybody swears by them and then yeah. it's like even on i i subscribe to amazon music and like now on that app it's like you can search podcast mm-hmm. yeah they're, so, on if you're okay. on Spotify, they're everywhere they're there too yeah it is i mean now like I, i'm still at home so i don't mm-hmm. have the commute time to catch up on things but if you're doing chores or you know going for a walk or whatever it's nice to do okay well my last question is kind of a big question if you were talking to to a young woman entering the workforce today wanting to follow in your footsteps what's the piece of advice that you would give her a couple of things i would say be open-minded i would I would not be where i am if i would have kind of said i only want to do x y and z I started out in litigation and I started out at a small plaintiff's firm working for a fantastic person who kind of paved the way for me in terms of saying, look, I'm going to introduce you to these people and being open to hearing from other folks pour into me about career choices or opportunities or, and so that kind of then positioned me for the next role and the next role and the next role. So I, so one thing I say is be open-minded, not necessarily, that doesn't mean to deter from your goals, right? But be open-minded because you don't know, like opportunities may look a certain way and then you get into it and you're like, oh my God, this opened up my world to so much more, right? The other thing is that is learn to trust people who don't look like you. And I say that because I, especially now, it is very easy that you want to hunker down and, you know, you just want to be with people who look like you. You want to be in that safe place. But I will say to you that some of my biggest advocates have been white men. And it's because we established a trusting relationship, right? And so I, I, I encourage young women to be genuine in your relationships no matter no matter who they are with right um because that will allow because you can't do it by yourself we can't just do it as women we definitely can't just do it by ourselves as women of color so we're gonna need help right Mm -hmm. so then at least you have help from people that you trust that you know have your best interests in place and that's that's one thing that i encourage you to do and i always tell folks that be who you are don't apologize for who you are but as you navigate through life you some some things that are part of who you are may have to be kind of put back but always know that it's not going anywhere you know it's just like okay I got to show up at this meeting, so I need to be this Janika, you know what I mean? But this other Janika, she's still here. Um, and you have to, you know, you, you figure that out. But I don't, I, I, I don't want people to get caught up in thinking they're sacrificing who they are for the goals or career that they're trying to obtain.
Great. Well, I think that's all terrific advice. I think lots of good stuff to think about. And it was a delight to chat with you. So thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Eleanor. You have the best day. You too.